Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talking. Yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Navigating the, well, all sorts of things here as we face a new week under the leadership of President Joe Biden, who has been compared by Kevin McCarthy and others to the great <clears throat> Jimmy Carter um, from the late 70s, who was uh, politically annihilated by Ronald Reagan in 1980. But it's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Email, as always, or ever since we changed our email, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. We're also streaming the program on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. As long as they will allow us to do that. And it truly is our pleasure uh, to be here. I want to start. I want to start by talking about. Well, today's again. We don't do themes on here, but as I'm as I'm putting things together, as I'm thinking about what's going on in the world today, I think about um, just the, the the war on information. What is just the reality of what we have uh, to to deal with. It's more than just the story itself. It is also about the interpretation of the story or how the media spins the story or how a politician spins the story. And this is done, of course, by uh, by both sides. Um, but it's done, it's done much more frequently and with much greater impact by the left and the media. I think the left is much better, uh, at creating, I don't know, catchphrases, branding a certain situation one way or the other. I'm not saying that there's anything substantive there. That is exactly the opposite of what I'm saying. I'm saying that it is all about all about moving people's opinions or moving in the narrative in a direction by using what I would call superficial talking points. Superficial talking points. And this happens at all levels. And I'm going to talk specifically of how this is happening in and around and concerning this conflict, this war in Israel, Israel versus Hamas. And I think the best place to start, and there's there's several contenders here, several contenders for where we might want to start, but I feel like the best place is with Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, um, what's the, the Daily Show? Is that what he's doing? Comedy Central, now trying to become a, I guess, a political commentator as well. By the way, the idea that, and I don't care, I think I don't have the... Remember a year or two ago, um, a conservative commentator made the comments that 
basketball player should shut up and dribble. I, I don't adhere to that. I, I I think that the beauty of being American and living in a free country is that you can have an opinion. You can have an opinion no matter who you are. This is as much your nation, whether you are dribbling a basketball or running a business or going to school. This is as much your nation as it is mine. Now, if you want to talk about the content of the opinion or the context or the rationale of, of an opinion, then we can, of course, talk about it and in some cases even completely decimate certain opinions when facts are applied, when logic and reason are applied. But to say that someone should shut up and dribble, I never I never adhere to that uh, belief. I thought that that was stupid when it was uttered. I never. I don't think we ever talked about it on here. Maybe we referenced it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think it's kind of offensive in a sense, even though I don't agree with the opinions being espoused by one LeBron James and would not be surprised to see him run for some office. Heck, he's mentioned running for president at some point, which I just am picturing what that would look like with some of these ideas that I've heard uh, coming from him, some of his tweets and so forth, some of his statements, some of his temper tantrums and pounce I've seen out there. <laughs> um, anyway, but Trevor uh, Trevor Noah, Comedy Central, has every right to do this. But it's notice how the left does this. It's very subtle. It's a comedy show, right? It's a comedy. It's a comedy show that's, or you could say it's a political show that's, using comedy to make you think it's about comedy when it's about superficial, oftentimes superficial talking points and laugh lines, which again, we may have some laugh lines here as well, but it's usually to help illustrate a point. It's not the whole point in and of itself. And again, I will give Trevor Noah credit here. He's tried. This is a nine. We're not going to play the whole nine minute segment. I want you to know that, but it's a nine minute segment almost. Uh, talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And he, he touches on things that are relevant and that matter. This does go back beyond just it, – it it goes back so far. We talked about this last week with uh, the religious aspect. And I don't – I think people must absolutely understand the religious uh, – what I want to say, the – just the background here. They have to understand this. You you must understand as best as we can. We must understand it through the lens of those involved. And religion is a critical component of this. The hatred for Israel is a critical component of this. These other things that happen are sometimes a catalyst or fuel for the conflict erupting at a specific time. But the hatred and the um, the depth of this problem is is very it, it's I mean this is thousands and thousands of years this isn't something that just erupted because of say Democrats versus Republicans this is deeply rooted there are schools I remember when I was a uh, in, in college I remember watching they showed videos of and I don't. It was it was in some Palestinian school, and they would be working on grammar, for example. And even the the lessons in grammar for the students to learn would be 
say they were learning how to, I don't know, identify the subject, verb, object, direct object, all that stuff in the sentences, and they would write it on the board, and it would be, it would be sentences like, I can't think of the exact sentence, but it would be something like, the Israeli pigs, you know, blah, 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 or some such thing. Like, that was their sentence to work from and, and begin to break into subject verb and all this sort of thing. That was, the, that was the sentence written at the time. I think it was on a blackboard, a chalkboard. And you wonder why, we wonder why the hatred is so deep. Whenever you can insert a sentence like that in, in, in one way, such a, a, an overt way, but in another way, such a nefarious and covert, you don't even question something because you're focused on breaking down the sentence. You don't focus on the... It's easy, I guess, not to focus on the offensive nature of the sentence that's written on the board because it, it's, you know, you just take it for granted at some point. You know, like we would say, the dog chased the cat or some such thing, and the students would, heck, I don't know if we're allowed to even say that here anymore. That might be too offensive against cats, but you get the idea. And so the the hatred is it runs so deep, so deep. And I, I do I do to some degree applaud Trevor Noah here, but I want you to listen to his conclusion. He basically says, look, I don't want to go back and say who's at fault because you trace this back, you, you know, it, it who's at fault depends upon where you start the stopwatch for where this problem came from. And I agree with that in, in some sense. Like this is um, this is a very deep problem, and it goes far back. And it's and where you start the conversation might change or impact a viewpoint stronger, maybe than it should. But context is king. Context is king. And the question I asked Friday, which is one that I didn't come up with, and I don't know who came up with this, but I've heard this before, bantered around. But if Hamas. If the Palestinian authorities, if those who chant death to Israel were the ones with Israel's army and Israel's military power and their air force and the Iron Dome and their capacity to annihilate, I mean, their air force is top-notch. I think their air force is comparable, uh, comparable to and even perhaps better than better than the United States of America's. Air Force, at least it's been alleged to that's that's been the the claims I've heard by some. This is top notch. Top notch military. By the way, everyone has to serve in the military too in Israel. I don't want to get into that at the moment. But he's basically saying, you know, I don't want to go back in time and say they're in, you know, the the problem started here, so it's Israel's fault or it's uh, Hamas's fault, which again, by the way, it's interesting. Now the, the the talking points or the, the, the way in which folks speak about this is now Israel versus Palestinian instead of Israel versus Hamas. Hamas is the ones, the terror organization is the ones, is the group who is lobbing these missiles into Israel. Hamas, by the way, fighting a proxy war for, yes, you guessed it, the Islamic Republic of Iran who hates Israel with an utter passion. And if you don't think that is religious in nature, um, I don't know. There's not going to be a way to even begin to understand this conflict. 
they want the death of the little Satan, as they would as they would call it. I'm not making that claim myself as call as far as calling Israel that, but that's what they call that's what they call Israel, the little the little Satan. We are, of course, the great Satan. Iran, such a peaceable again again, it's the Iranian government. It's not the Iranian people. We saw the Iranian people rise up against their government uh, during the Barack Obama administration and. Little to nothing was done to support their uprising, which is precisely what needs to happen. These maniacal lunatics who are enriching uranium, I think I saw 63% uh, enriched uranium now. They're getting closer and closer to having, if they don't already, to having the capability of building a nuclear weapon. And they've already told us that they have a nuclear weapon. Guess what they're going to do? First order of business, wipe Iran, excuse me, Israel off the face of the planet. The Iranian government says this. Just like Joe Biden. Well, you have to wonder, is this, they'll tell us it's it's political posturing and for domestic consumption. That's what John Kerry told us, of course, because the Iranian government seeks peace. They only want nuclear capabilities to deliver energy to their people. <laughs> the very compassionate Iranian government caring so much about its citizens and people as it beats and imprisons those that disagree with it. It's a ruthless, terrorist, thuggish country. The leadership is. And we're supposed to take these these folks seriously as though they have some levels of compassion and that they're trying to acquire nuclear technology so that they can help the people out in remote parts of Iran have electricity. Give me a break. We know what this is for. This is, if anyone thinks it's for any reason besides a weapon, they are utterly living with their heads in the sand. They desire this. They say that their first order of business is to basically, is to wipe Israel off the face of the planet. Just like Biden's first order of business was supposed to be curing cancer, Alzheimer's, and diabetes, which I've yet to hear how he's going to do that. He promised to do that. I don't know if he promised, if he uses the F-bomb whenever he does it. I don't know if you saw those stories. Biden, according to reports, loses his temper with staffers, hangs the phone up on them, and cusses them out sometimes. <laughs> if he doesn't like what they have to say. You know how these things go. Anonymous sources and all that. But if this was Trump, I'm sure we'd be talking about how dangerous he was as a president. How this was uh, just showing his... Uh, just how incapable he is of being a leader of the free world and how dangerous is this guy's got the nuclear codes. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi would step in and try to take those codes from him and all sorts of things. But here we are. Um, here we are with all this stuff going on and the way that it's talked about uh, and the, the information or the, I guess the, the, the terminology and just framing of the story is powerful. So I want to next segment, take, I can take a break here, but I want to play a bit from Trevor Noah, and I want you to hear what he has to say about this, um, what he thinks. He thinks Israel's fighting back too hard. He thinks Israel um, should ignore the Palestinians, or specifically Hamas, uh, because it's like they're like the big brother. And, and Hamas, I guess, is the little brother, and they're just doing stuff that shouldn't even hurt the big brother, and the big brother overreacts. That's pretty much how he def, uh, describes this situation. We'll listen to the soundbite after the break. But Israel's at danger here. Israel has done whatever it can to prevent 
And again, Israel is not perfect. I don't mean to say that. But the idea that if the shoe were on the other foot, if the rules were reversed, if Hamas and Palestinians had the military of the Israeli people, there would not be an Israel, folks. I mean, outside of the divine protection of God, which, of course, to those of us who believe in um, you know, respect what the Bible has to say. We know that that is a major, that is the major factor. But just on paper, if Israel didn't have its military, Hamas had it, there wouldn't be leaflets being dropped over Israel, warning them of impending missile strikes. There would be complete and utter destruction of the nation of Israel, again, notwithstanding the power of God and his promise to protect his people. But I'm just saying that that would be a totally different situation, and we all know it. Timeout is needed. I'm going to play this soundbite from Trevor Noah. When we get back, sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. This program brought to you in part by our, our friends at Edwards. Equipment. Edwards Equipment sells, rents, and services several makes and models of lightweight, residential, or heavy-duty commercial equipment located in Danville. Check them out if you're looking for some heavy equipment, tractors, and so forth. EdwardsTractor.com, 317-745-6427, 317-745-6427. 6427 again edwardstractor.com so i promised before the break that we would play this soundbite from trevor noah comparing the hamas israel conflict to um being an older brother with little brothers who punch you in the leg i want you to hear this in again it's not its entirety it's a couple minutes here um, I might. I reserve the right, as I always do, to interrupt this and interject because there's a couple things he says that gets me uh, that is that triggers a whole series of thoughts in my mind. But let's listen to this. Trevor Noah, again from Comedy Central, The Daily Show, um, trying to. I mean, I, I he's wrong here, which we'll get into. But I think he's. Instead of his point is instead of going back and saying, depending on who when we start this discussion, it's you know instead of saying who's at fault, let's look at let's look at who should win this fight basically and and why it's not a fair fight. <laughs> so I just want to play this. Listen to this. Say who's good and who's bad and who started. Let's let's step away from that and instead ask a different question. Instead, let's look at who's dead and who's alive this week. In Gaza, Israeli airstrikes have reportedly killed 28 people, including 10 children. Over 150 people have been wounded. In Israel, Hamas rockets have killed two people. And this exchange of fire comes after the Israeli assault in and around the Al-Aqsa Mosque that left more than 600 Palestinian protesters, worshippers, and civilians wounded and a few dozen Israeli police. Now, personally, I'm not saying for you, just personally, I cannot watch that footage and hear those numbers and see a fair fight. 
Like set aside motives and intentions and just look at technology, technology alone. Israel has one of the most powerful militaries in the world. They can crush Gaza like that. Not to mention one of the most advanced defense systems in the world. You shoot a rocket at them, it's probably not going to do anything to them because of their defense system. Right? They've got a giant Mutombo in the sky just knocking them down. And I know, I know that this is contentious. And I know that people are going to hate me for this. But I just want to ask an honest question here. If you are in a fight where the other person cannot beat you, how hard should you retaliate when they try to hurt you? Honest question. And I ask this question because I think of it like this. When I was a teenager, I would always get into fights with my little brothers. And little kids can be vicious, right? They're trying to punch you in the leg, trying to punch you in the They're kids, they do that. But my mom would say to me, whenever I get angry, she'd go, Trevor, don't hit the kid back because they can't hurt you. You're a teenager and the kid is four. And I was like, yeah, but the kid is hitting me. He could hurt me. But my mom was like, yeah, but you're also so much bigger than the kid. You can crush him in an instant. And please don't, don't get me wrong right now because I, I, I know someone's going to watch this and go like, oh, you're comparing Palestinians to children. No, I'm not doing that. I'm telling a story about myself. Honestly, I am. Because what my mom made me understand is that as a person who has immensely more power, I had to ask myself whether my response to this child was just or necessary. Could I find different ways to... You, you get the idea. You get the idea. Again, that's just a couple minutes of him, of him doing that, that comparison. But what is about the first, so, so much wrong with this. Although I did like the um, comparison of the Iron Dome to a giant Matumbo in this guy, to Kimbe Matumbo. In fact, my daughter, I've got a, I've got a couple of daughters here, but I've got a, my 10 year, well, soon to be 10 year old. She's, pretty hilarious to me and she there's a a geico an old geico commercial that's being run and matumbo's on there and she imitates matumbo not in my house oh 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 (laughs) oh goodness she's uh it's entertaining here but that aside the comparison to matumbo aside i just what does he mean set aside motives and intentions? I, isn't that the entire point? The, the motive and the intention, the stated purpose of Hamas, of certain radical Palestinians, of Iran, is to wipe Israel off the face of the planet. And how can we compare rockets, hundreds, over thousands of rockets, thousands of rockets being fired into cities, indiscriminately wherever they know that israel has the capability of shooting these things down by the way aren't these the same folks trevor noah and the others on the left aren't these the same folks who despise and i'm not saying we should always spend as much in the military as we do i think there's a difference between saying we need to protect ourselves and then um, saying that there's not some things that we should actually oppose because spending at, at all levels is out of control. That's I don't think that those things are mutually exclusive. You can be for defense but also realize at some point, hey, we got to rein in the spending, period. But 
they have these things because they've invested in them. They have they also have the support of the United States. This is no coincidence either. Just like the border is no coincidence. We see the number of people coming to the southern border. The number of, uh, what do they call them, encounters, I guess, on the southern border have, have reached all-time highs in this country, in the United States. Just as it's no coincidence that Biden has been in office when this is happening, it's also no coincidence that they're upping the ante here. Remember, remember, just a few months ago, we had, we had peace accords uh, signed by multiple Middle Eastern nations, including Israel, oftentimes. Trump and his team had people signing peace agreements like they were going out of style. Now we've got missiles flying. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't have happened. This, this is, this, again, conflict runs deep. But it is a different situation when you have people running this country now, politically running the country, who are anti-Israel, the likes of AOC, the Democrat Party. I'm not saying every Democrat politician, but I am telling you it is pervasive in today's Democrat Party. AOL, AOL, AOC, AOC, um, you got mail. AOC is out there saying that Israel is an apartheid nation. Of course, this is how this, that they deserve to be, you know, revolted against by the Palestinians and so forth, by Hamas. Essentially, just craziness to think, again, that this that motives and intentions do not matter um and, and what's his comment about him saying trevor trevor noah said that when you fight back against someone who can't beat you what do you mean they can't beat you they're firing thousands of rockets some of those rockets do come through some of those rockets do kill people i don't know how many people have to die how many missiles have to be fired before trevor noah thinks that it's appropriate to respond See, the tactics and the strategy of of Hamas are to do things that manipulate the viewpoint of those like Trevor Noah. Hamas will put its missile silos or will fire missiles or whatever from places like hospitals and schools and AP apartment buildings. That's office buildings. That's what they've done. In fact, the... Israeli military struck an AP building. Maybe we'll play the soundbite of, of Netanyahu responding to that. Or responding to that, it, as he said, absolutely, absolutely a legitimate target because Hamas was operating out of it. Meanwhile, the AP was acting as though they had no idea Hamas was in there. I mean, at some level, this stuff's not even believable, right? But this this perspective. It's, it is a dangerous perspective when you're saying setting motives aside. And I guess you got to be proportional. If they fire twelve rockets, I guess do they, does Israel get to fire twelve rockets into the uh, into Gaza? Is that what we want? All twelve of those probably would have hit a target. By the way, indiscriminately, instead of a targeted strike, instead of are the Palestinians dropping leaflets telling people to leave this area if you're not part of Hamas because we're going to blow this place to smithereens? Are is that happening? Absolutely not. This is not. Tough to understand if we are willing and able to dig beneath the surface of the rhetoric, the superficial nonsense. Hamas is trying to manipulate the media and American politics and candidly have been successful at doing this to some level. Long in this break or long in this segment, I've got to take a break. 
come back and pick up. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. Yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. My friends, you are listening to America's Realities Are, self-appointed, New York Times wants Biden to find one, and I'm willing to apply for the job here. Actually, I'm just going to take the job, just like I took the job of being the official spokesperson for the Pocahontas family, being the 13th great-grandson of Pocahontas, proven by genealogists. I am happy to be uh, take up that role as well. Just in case Trump ever decides to call Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas again, I will chime in and tell you what the family thinks about that. We don't have a problem with it. We actually have a bigger problem with people pretending to be something that they're not, which is really what we've been talking about today. Hamas, Hamas trying to pretend that it's something it's not. The media, the Democrat Party, not every Democrat leader— but there's a lot more than I care to admit. The Rashida Talibs, the AOCs, uh, well, the squad in general, their hatred, Ayanna Presley, their hatred for Israel is really off the charts here. But but they fall prey to this, or, or they're happy to, to oblige and go along here with what the what the what Hamas wants to do, which is tell a fake story to get support. Or to look like the victim, or as Trevor Noah put it, like the little brother. It's like fighting your little brother. I mean, it's like fighting your little brother. If your little brother came in with a switchblade knife or a handgun or a AR-15 or whatever, like that—that's what. That's not. This is not like fighting your little brother. Israel is one tiny nation who is surrounded by. Many nations, not all, but many nations that seek to see the nation of Israel wiped off the planet. Now they're launching rockets at them. Some of those rockets are getting in, harming and killing citizens. They're shooting thousands of rockets. We're just supposed to ignore this like it's a little brother punching you in the leg? Come on. Give me a break. How is that even remotely close to what is going on here? What's this talk about? If another person can't beat you, I understand. I was an older brother too, and I remember uh, some things as a as a kid that I won't share on here. <laughs> but I remember there's a time I was three years older where you're just a lot. I don't know that I was ever a lot bigger. My brother was. A lot of people asked if we were twins growing up. Much better looking than him. <laughs> Kidding. I got a face for radio, but. I remember, you know, f- fighting and stuff with him. And there's a time when you're growing up when it wasn't even close to a fair fight, right? I mean, you're, you're, there's enough, enough age difference to where um, that wasn't the case. Now, that's not the case today. He'd probably whoop me. But the point is, the point is that we've got these false comparisons. How is How is fighting a terrorist organization who seeks your destruction, who's being funded by Iran, who, by the way, is much bigger than Israel, who chants death to Israel, who's promised to wipe Israel off the face of the map with a nuclear weapon, and they're pursuing said nuclear weapon. How is that fighting your little brother? And what universe is that fighting your little brother? And perhaps the best part of this whole thing 
when Trevor Noah, I hope I haven't called him Trevor Lawrence. I don't even know why. I've, a couple times Trevor Lawrence just got drafted number one NFL Jacksonville Jaguars. But Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah, Comedy Central, The Daily Show, he, he's worried when he makes the comparison of Israel fighting, you know, like a, a older brother fighting a younger brother. He's afraid that he's offending people by comparing Palestinians to little kids. What about offending the logical world and Israel for comparing the whole fight to a big brother fighting a little brother? Right? It's not a 14-year-old fighting a 7-year-old, folks. That's not what this is. They're firing rockets. They're not punching you in the leg with little fists of fury. This kills people. Israel's the size of New Jersey. They are surrounded or could easily be surrounded by forces that do not want them to exist. I mean, Israel's existence is 1948. You don't have to go back very far to look at this tumultuous. I mean, it has been a tumultuous history since the um, the reestablishment of the Jewish state of, of Israel in 1948. I mean, look back to the 1967, what was it, Six Days War. They had Egypt attacking them, and they drove them back. I mean, this has been the story of, of Israel. Uh, they, they have enemies all around. And again, it's not that Israel's perfect, but a lot of this hatred goes back to the, un, the religious underpinnings of this whole this whole historical framework that goes back thousands of years. And Israel's somehow the bad guy, or Israel's fighting back too hard. Israel hits the AP building. They get that headline, and it sounds terrible. Oh, Israel's going after the media. Israel's like President Trump. That's what President Trump basically wanted to do when he called the media fake news. If President Trump could have struck the AP building with a missile, this is how these folks think. This is the way they talk. The radical left. The media, this is what President Trump wanted to do. Netanyahu's out there doing it. These folks are unbelievable fascists. Meanwhile, then you realize, oh, Hamas was operating out of the AP building. Huh. They they informed people that they were going to strike the building. Huh. The media said that they were lucky to get out. Netanyahu says, you're not lucky to get out. You got out because we made phone calls and made sure you knew that we were going to take that building out. These are precision strikes. We've got to be able to strike back against our enemy. We've got to be able to hit them wherever they are. This is not going to be tolerated. We're not going to sit by and watch as they lob one single missile over our people. That is not going to happen. I don't care if we have a 100% success rate in striking those things out of the sky. We will not stand for this. What is so hard to understand about this? At some point, one has to ask his or her motivations. Check the motivations if you cannot see why this is completely justifiable and defensible. Quick timeouts necessary. Sit tight. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. This program brought to you in part by our friends at Northwestern Mutual Wealth Management, Blake Hornsby in his office in Greenwood. Blake is a financial advisor with over 20 years of experience. 
Contact him today. Mention the Todd Huff Show, and you'll get a free initial consultation. I've known Blake since, uh, gee whiz, back 20 years or so ago when I, he and I played together uh, football at Butler University. Blake's a, uh, a good guy. So, again, BlakeHornsby.com is that website. I want to really quickly, I just have a, a couple of moments here, a minute or so. Um, but Oz read to me. I didn't see this. I've, I've heard things similar to this in the past. But Netanyahu said, and I'm going to say from memory here, so I might butcher this a little bit. But basically, if Israel or if if Hamas puts down their weapons, I'll just make sure I get this right, and, and there will be no more conflict. If Israel puts down her weapons, there will be no more Israel. Is that right? She, generally, she's she's nodding half-heartedly, so I'm not sure how close, but it's close. It's close to that, and that's the truth. That is the truth. This conflict, this war, is is made worse by uh, misinformation for one, manipulation of people too. But it's made worse by understanding the intentions. Trevor knows a hundred percent wrong. Intentions are precisely what we have to pay attention to here. One side is intending to defend itself. The other side is intending for the destruction, the utter destruction of the other. This is not complicated, and I've got to take a break. Come back and wrap up. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Friends, one of the thing I wanted to make sure I got to today, I can't play the soundbite, but uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Minority Leader, Republican House of Representatives, talking to, are you talking to Cudlow here? Fox? Anyway, um, he's basically saying, look, in four, think about this, folks, in four months, in four months, we have gone from energy independence to gas lines. We have gone from building a wall, decreasing what's happening along the southern border as far as illegal immigration is concerned, trying to deal with it in a methodical, reasonable way to complete chaos and pandemonium. We've got missiles in the Middle East. We didn't have that during Trump. We've got inflation that reaches Jimmy Carter numbers. This is the Jimmy Carter third term or second term, I guess. Anyway, I got to go. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.